and welcome back to the City Diplomacy podcast, hosted by Sciences Po students. I'm Armand. And I'm Morgan. And today, we are going to talk about a network which is related to smart cities. So I think to start with smart cities precisely, what comes to your mind when you hear these words? That's a really good question. I think when it comes to the word smart city, I think of both a city utilizing uh, technology and innovation to its advantage. Uh, when a city is faced with an urban challenge, for example, or an issue that it's particularly facing, I, I think of a smart city seeing said issue as an opportunity to to use a technology to its advantage to fix the said issue and mm -hmm. uh however i i think with smart cities it's it's questionable whether uh the community is involved because it's very a it's a very concept based off of tech and uh the inc increasing the competitiveness of a community yeah no i agree on that i agree on the last point uh very often it's a very technological savvy Thing, but you don't really, I mean, I personally do not always see the very, let's say, human-related aspect behind. Yeah. So it's a lot about efficiency, increasing the speed of public administration. Um, so yeah, the efficiency of urban operations. Well, we'll tackle that and this question also of prosperity for citizens um, and inclusiveness in the, the network we're going to, to deal with. So we haven't said the name yet. It's the World Smart Sustainable City Organization, also known as WeGo. And uh, it was created in 2010 uh, by 50 member cities and local governments, which were willing to work with smart tech solution providers to develop public-private partnerships and promote uh, smart and sustainable cities. And what's interesting for me is really the network is uh, very varied. What I mean by that is they got representatives from basically almost all around the world. And you got cities that are very different in sizes, like you got Mexico City as well as Hebron in Palestine, which amount altogether to 156 local governments today. And they also got a certain amount of corporations, uh, mostly and, coming from the tech field, yeah. And institutional members as well. Mm -hmm. And that's I think that's really interesting, along with uh, research institutes and foundations as well. And so they have a really, they're really continually growing. As a city network, they've started with fifty and have really grown their their membership, and particularly it, even though it's based in Seoul, uh, it has offices in all across the world, which I think is really shows its hands-on approach uh, in the specific regions it focuses on. So it, it's in right now Africa, uh, Latin America. Uh, Europe and uh, has a somewhat limited presence in North America. Yeah, you know, you got enough, you got regional offices in Chengdu, China, Mexico City, Bioglu in Turkey, Ulyanovsk in Russia, and they recently opened a new one in Abuja, Nigeria, which uh, we will talk uh, later about, uh, which is also quite interesting, I think, considering that, well, there's a rising trend of urbanization in Africa and that's going to be extremely fast in the decades to come. They also have a uh, long-term staff that helps the the mayor uh, implement the you know the objectives that was established in the general assembly so that that's good to know that they continually have uh, support that member cities continually have support from their long-term staff and then in terms of funding this organization is funded by its member cities 
And so that also plays into how its activities are funded as well. And so, well, there's so many activities that this organization does. And so I, I was wondering, uh, what, what were some of the core function of this network that really stood out to you, that really interested you? Well, um, I noticed um, a lot of matchmaking in mm. their activities, a lot of matchmaking between public bodies and corporate partners, quite unsurprisingly considering that they're really focused on public-private partnerships. They got what they call smart cities, drivers, and this competition, which looks like a hackathon called Citypreneurs, which is aimed at startups working on urbanization and taking into account the uh, UN Sustainable Development Goals. Uh, they're going to focus on Nigeria in 2021, which is in line with the opening of their new, of the uh, office. And uh, they provide also feasibility studies for local projects in different cities. Um, but I noticed these because that sounded like the most concrete of all the projects they had uh, for me. Just as they had training programs for city governments, uh, as in Chengdu or in Seoul. Um, well, in Seoul, it's obviously easier because that's where the headquarters are. But they've got this eGov training program since 2011, uh, whereby they provide digital training to um, to civil servants of the of the municipality. Probably those were the, the ones that I noticed the most. What about you? Uh, yeah, for, for me, I definitely thought they're uh, setting up webinars where they had one-on-one sessions with their member cities was really helpful because uh, with these one-on-one sessions, they, they learned about the urban challenges that their member cities are facing, and then they went on to co-design solution packages with them. And I think that's really helpful on having a hands-on approach, first of all, but second of all, trying to holistically understand what a city is facing, having giving them personalized attention. And so for me, I also really like the matchmaking opportunities as well, because they also connected as well consultants with local government. So local governments weren't just uh, they they were given the resources to help them uh address certain issues that they were facing and I, I think that is we'll talk about this later on in in our strengths and uh in our analysis in general of this organization further but that's what really stood out to me right so the very as you said hands-on approach still like adapting mm -hmm. to local realities and and try to make ends meet with local realities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they're really focused on virtual networking as well between cities, like internally in the organization. Like they had events continually set up so city officials from different member cities could just talk with each other and learn. And that's really what their focus is because I also believe they, they have like a, they well, they have a portal focused on that, like a knowledge portal to learn mm. best practices yeah. and worldwide. And so city networks have access to this portal where if they have a issue or a situation that they're trying to tackle, they can go to this, uh, it's called the Smart Sustainable Cities Project Catalog, and it's just an archive of the best practices worldwide. So that's really helpful. However, that's these activities we talked about is not the pinnacle of uh, uh, the activities that WeGo does. The WeGo really centers itself on 
it's smart city driver. So do you want to discuss more about oh, sure, what that sure. is, what it entails? Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's the you could say the signature program of the of the network. So they got this three part program, which is activator, solution finder, and project implementer. So what that means in a concrete way is that so they got an app. They they used to streamline the application process for the solutions finder and project implementer. So cities can actually apply to this process to then be selected. And once they once as a city you you're being selected, um, basically what they do with their so-called solutions finder is they have this survey that extracts data from different smart city projects and they use it to pinpoint and propose like solution packages that can strengthen the resources uh, needed for well uh, proper implementation in, in the cities that have been selected and then you you get to the to the to the phase of implementation so they assess the city's development status and they, they implement projects that are in line with local development goals. Mm-hmm. And the, the point is, they, there's actually a financial uh, sponsoring, um, about 92,000 US dollars, towards services from a consultant and a solution provider, which have the expertise that is that fits uh, local the local situation and local development goals. So yeah, that, that, that's their signature programs, and that can cover a lot of areas, agriculture, energy efficiency, public safety, uh, waste management, all, all kinds of activities you could think of in smart cities uh, terms. Yeah, so I, I, I think that's what's interesting. You mentioned about uh, the different projects or the areas covered. I think that's interesting because uh, different cities could be selected and it's not they don't really try to do a one-size-fits-all situation like you could have a project on civic engagement or on waste management and uh, they they really don't try to pigeonhole themselves into one focus area and they really try to be open to the different like issues or challenges cities face and so that's just really interesting uh, in how they're flexible in what kind of projects they pursue. So uh, I thought that was particularly interesting. This sounds like a lot of activities overall, and and precisely that that we lead us to what we found uh, were strengths and weaknesses in these in these in these different activities. Because to me, there were some strengths, but the network is not devoid of any weakness, mm-hmm. and there are opportunities, of course, and. You could say there are threats, even though I mean, for me, the threats are not really numerous. It's mostly about the um, mostly about the strengths and weaknesses. Uh, so time for SWOT analysis. What I felt is that well, the network had both a global outreach, as we said, and regional impact. So it's really focused mostly in Asia, Pacific, and Africa, which makes sense considering the trends in urbanization nowadays are. Uh, I mean, it's going to explode in, in East Asia and, and Africa. So it's consistent for me. The, their regional concentrations are consistent with the reality of urbanization and the need for sustainable development. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Particularly, they've had a focus in in partnering with African cities, with opening up a new office uh, in Nigeria, yep. and they're really focusing on also broadening their regional focus, but mm. also broadening who are their um, 
who are their actors that they work with and also who who are actors that are not uh, member cities. And so they have a strong presence of the private sector where you have 35 corporations that are members of this network too as well, which really helps in in WeGo's uh, development of solutions for uh, its uh, member cities, especially with the smart city driver. And also in, in general, uh, kind of another thing that I saw as a, as a strength was it, it's forward-looking approach where it, we go constructively uh, in looked at its organization and its placement uh, and what it could potentially do for cities and revised uh, its goals to create this 2030 master plan. However, it, I think it's quite ambitious. Do, do, you, do you agree with my assessment that it's a bit ambitious? Well, yeah, I mean, the, the, like this, this idea of tripling members by 2030, it's, uh, well, it, it looks like, uh, it looks nice, sorry, and, and, and the paper, but I, <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's quite, it'll be hard to reach though. And as we said, the point is, uh, depends where they expand, because for example, in Europe, uh, you already have established networks, things are already going on pretty smoothly, and their focus initially is really more on let's say, um, developing regions. So, yeah, it's really ambitious. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the what, what's more accurate, well, what's more relevant for me was their focus on digitali- digitalization mm-hmm. uh, and improving their governance. Either it be through a growing network of partners uh, or the establishment of proper good business models. Yeah. But yeah, the, 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 I would say the, the tripling objective is a little bit too ambitious for me. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I think another thing that's quite strong, um, or it's a strength, is its collaboration with other city networks, like uh, UCLG Africa, um, Smart the Smart Cities Council, and in general, WeGo is, I've seen at least that it's open to working with other city networks to collaborate on, on sustainability and tech. And that also, it, it plays into its participation in forums internationally. Mm. Uh, so it, it's very present on with, uh, you know, different forums that come up, but whether they be, uh, they were part of the World Urban Forum in 2020, and they have a bunch of other forums that they're going to be part of this next year. So I think that's quite a strength as well. But I, I think they definitely have some weaknesses. Uh, I, I think first off, what really stood out to me was the Korean focus. Their partnerships are Korea-centered initially, and the, what's a part of the Smart City Driver is the consultant that they connect the city to to implement the solution is Korean. It's a, it's a Korean-based consultant. So there's obviously some some Korean bias, I guess you could say. Uh, but I think they they've noted that and they're trying to they're trying to change that with their broadening of their scope at a part of their master plan. But but what about for you? What were some weaknesses yeah, no, that the, popped the, out? The, the... The Korean, the Korean aspect for me was not, well, I did notice that too much as a huge problem. Kind of makes sense in so far as they're, they were first center in East Asia. I, I hear your point, but and for me, what really struck me was more 
that it's sometimes hard to grasp what exactly the value of the network was with ordinary people, I mean. So that might stem out of a communication problem. They're not uh, very, well, they're on, the, on social media and in communication-wise, they're not exactly uh, huge. Mm, um, yeah. So the recognition of the network is probably quite limited beyond the field of city diplomats and people who actually deal with these kinds of issues. And that's why, yeah, as, an, as a layman, shall I say, I kind of struggle sometimes to grasp exactly what they 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 could uh, well improve or or uh, add uh, in terms of value. Even though, I mean, we've we've talked about some concrete examples of what they did in the ground, but not really always easy to grasp um, from the way they they structure their the website and even the way they present their their uh, conferences yes i think especially with um transparency of their current projects i think was a little for me always a little difficult especially with the smart city driver uh it was hard for me to discern i guess the grading scale or the criteria mm. for why they chose certain governments yeah. over the other to be I agree with that, yeah, yeah mm -hmm. exactly so i completely agree with that point definitely valid yeah, and that, it was not always very clear how they picked those cities. So governance-wise, you could ask, well, what were exact, what were actually the, uh, well, the, the, um, yeah, the 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 rationale. What was the rationale? How did you grade the mm -hmm. cities between uh, with we between each other with one another? And I, that's true. Um, so I think that's another. I mean, all these are actually also fields of opportunities they could work on. Mm -hmm. uh, just like they could grow awareness of the network through social media, they they could expand their reach further into Africa. Well, that's what they're what they're working on at the moment. The new office in in Nigeria is an opportunity, definitely, to expand in Africa and and hopefully to identify local problems in African cities to engage the private sector and NGOs in the local uh, communities. That's what they 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 say they they're willing to do. Uh, to establish at the end of the day an African smart cities network, which will tackle well the problems that are African well problems that some African cities are confronted to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and I think that's like definitely an opportunity. You really, I I think it's critical that you highlighted that because uh, it also ties into they've had experience already building and own their own city network in the Northeast Asia region. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so, yeah. So they can definitely bring what they found to be, I guess, like obstacles or uh, what kind of worked for them uh, from the building of that city network to building of this African city network. And they already have 47 member cities in Africa. So they can definitely utilize this opportunity to build their member city uh, growth in Africa, but also like fortify or solidify current relationships in the region. So that's definitely a critical opportunity. However, I, the, the one threat that I really stuck out to me was COVID-19. With, uh, with COVID-19, it, it caused a crisis for everyone obviously it's a global pandemic but for for we go it, it really emphasizes project implementation uh as a part of its smart city driver and it's actually had to postpone its last year's project and uh, this 
I think potentially could could hurt the I guess the impact of this network because it's really focused on the smart city driver and I think it potentially decreases the legitimacy of this uh, of this organization in tackling urban crises if it can't do these projects during COVID-19. I may be, I may be being a little bit strict, I guess, or I guess a little bit critical right now, but. Well, no, that's not, that's not easy true. That's not easy, but that, that brings us to how they reacted to it. So as we, we, we saw that they developed, well, they, 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 they developed a lot of webinars. I mean, they adapted, mm-hmm. you could say to an extent in so far as they did webinars. And since they were already doing a lot of matchmaking, these kind of things can still be done despite COVID. So for me, the network doesn't lose all its appeal insofar as a lot of these activities could technically already be realized online. I mean, not everything, of course, but the whole matchmaking aspect, uh, putting people in contact could technically be done online before. So uh, I think they carried on that these tasks during, well, throughout the year. Yeah. But more interestingly, um, they also put forward, that was their big, I would say their big reaction to COVID-19, this mm-hmm. uh, smart health responder. Uh, maybe you want to develop a little bit in that. Yeah, for sure. Um, their smart health responder, I think, was really an interesting approach because it's basically a digital portal that shares best practices and uh, efficient and effective health policy campaigns from across the world. And even us, we can access it also as well in some aspects. Uh, There's some certain things that are reserved to members, but I was able to, at least on the website, uh, click on um, the Smart Health Responder and be able to see the different policies that were highlighted. Like, for example, uh, one was I thought really interesting was uh, turning a, uh, turning well, it's a emergency ventilator that used to be snorkeling gear. So I thought that was okay. pretty interesting. That was enough, that was one solution that they had on there. Uh, so if you quite have, quite quite inventive, <laughs> quite inventive, and uh, it had a, also some other great ideas as well. But I thought that one was kind of stood out to me. But right. uh, they had also a, a data portal that uh, will help with. Uh, that is focused on preventing infections and increasing testing uh, for members. And so it's very tech-based um, yeah. in terms of its response. And it's very, yet again, like you said, it's focused on webinars and connecting with people. And it's had its recent webinars focused on this issue of, of uh, COVID-19, how to tackle it and how to be resilient. However, one thing that stood out to me was um, the smart assistant assistance portion of their COVID-19 responses, it overly uh, listed companies in Korea, for example, who manufacture medical supplies related Mm. to addressing COVID-19. So, but I I think that's just one, I guess, critique, I guess, of the current response, but... Well, yeah, another criticism could be, as you said, that it's very tech-based. I mean, I didn't see much politics uh in 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 the way they tackle these issues so of course i mean if the goal is to prevent the pandemic from spreading you need uh, medical uh, medical reactions and technolo- technological ones but it's very in line with the i would say the mainstream view that we got of smart cities 
once again, very tech-based mm -hmm. solutions and doesn't necessarily go uh, beyond that. I mean, that's the feeling I had. You know, matters of, for example, uh, data protection or data privacy are not necessarily something that's going to be tackled. Uh, whereas, well, you might want actually to tackle also these issues. Um, that's that's what I got out from it. Yeah. Now, not to say that, that the practices put forward are not um, well relevant, but you, I think you could question it in these spaces. Yeah. So very, 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 very tech oriented. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely their approach, especially to smart development was always a focus on innovation and technology and so that's that's one thing that i i think maybe it can pull away from well not emphasize it too much in its covid 19 response but i think overall i mean we we really dug deep into this organization and and kind of shared our thoughts on what we thought of this organization. And I, I overall really appreciate what this network has done. It's it's innovative, it's forward thinking, and it has, I think it has a lot to offer its members. And it, it definitely, however, needs to remind itself of its global nature, uh, definitely, in the, in well, the, in yeah, the future. It, it's not an easy balance, I feel. Because as we said, they're, the focus and... and... Asia and, and Africa is quite logical, but at the meantime, how far do you want to expand? Which also means that if they expand, for example, in more in Latin America, they're going to have to take into account the realities on the ground as well. Mm -hmm. And I think they're already doing that with Africa, the with Nigeria at least, and with projects they're they're going to try to implement in Africa, which is already well quite a challenge. So for me, at least, the I don't see a need necessarily to just go global or i would say to just expand uh, mm -hmm. to literally every canon because they got a lot to do already with where um they're concentrated yeah exactly and i think they since they already have such a global outreach to just hone in and solidify current relationships i think that would be critical in the next coming months because covid-19 is overall stressful for everyone across the world do you have any last remarks no, I think that's that's pretty much everything. The, the network was interesting, but as I said, smart cities are not always the easiest thing to grasp. Yes. Um, and I think they would do a good job of trying to really communicate to the layman what their objectives are. Mm -hmm. yeah. That would be my that would be my last word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I completely agree. So. Uh, well, this is a great discussion, and I, I personally love talking about WeGo, and uh, well, thank you everyone, and uh, see you all next week.